0: you're listening to the teach better talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students teach better talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion let's get started
1: hey everyone we so appreciate having you listening here with us if you enjoy the show as much as jeff and i enjoy amplifying these educators stories, I'd really like to encourage you to leave a rating and review. It takes about eh, three minutes. Just click your star rating. I personally am a fan of that five-star review and then share a comment about what you enjoy most about our podcast. To be honest, this just allows us to reach more listeners and further share these amazing educators message. All right, let's get to the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 85 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart, and as always, I'm with the relaxed and very chill Jeff Gargas. Yo. You know, you are sometimes relaxed, Jeff. <laughs> I think this episode with Jeremy, he got the wrong impression of you because you're kind of high strung, but I think <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm high, high
1: strung. Well, I don't know that you're that high strung, but. He definitely got this, this mentality that, that you were this cool, chill guy sitting back with your sunglasses. I don't know if that's actually Jeff Argus.
0: I mean, I do say dude a lot.
1: Yeah, you do say dude. Silly. Maybe she Ma- went to California.
0: Ah, oh, dude. <laughs> like, maybe. I don't know. I, I think I'm fairly relaxed in some ways.
1: You know, Jeff, we had a really cool chat with Jeremy. <laughs> we which did. We get to that part of the podcast, but- he said something that I'm not sure if you caught that I wanna kinda get your thoughts on. Are you ready for this one?
0: Yeah, let's do it, what's up?
1: All right, so if you remember during this recording, we asked him about his failures and then naturally uh-huh. we asked him about his successes, which we do for all of our teachers during our typical interview. And he made a comment about how he struggled initially <laughs> Thinking about a success, and I wonder. I mean, you travel around the country working with teachers in districts. I mean, all over. And do you think this is common in education that, that educators struggle to think of those successful moments?
0: I am. I'm smiling so big right now because not only do I remember him saying that, but I literally jotted a note down about it. So I'm really, really glad you brought it up. So, like, this is something that I've noticed just all the time uh you know one of the sessions i do at, at you know training different conferences speaking at is actually about like increasing your impact through entrepreneurship and sharing ideas and it was actually uh one of the last two weeks when i did it i can't remember what conference it was at this point but uh and a teacher actually said you know oh, i've got some ideas but i you know they're nothing better than what's out there so little things like that and this sort of doubt and i didn't ask her but i'm pretty sure if i had asked her about her for failures she would have been able to rattle off 500 of them and jeremy was the same thing like he was really quick to rattle off. yeah it gives us actually two failures um and really dives into them which i loved but then he said that yes yeah, you know I, you know I'm, I'm glad this came up i had to ask my wife like, hey like what success i had and that's something that i think just happens too often if you ask me with teachers is Teachers are very, very quick, and it's easy for them to think of all the failures that they have had, all the challenges, all the times they tried something that didn't work, or, you know, the face plants they've had and stuff like that. But then you ask them about what they feel successful about, and you'll get a lot of the, oh, when my students succeed and stuff like that. And that's a great answer, but like, I love getting a little more detail. But tell me, time that you actually felt successful. Like, can you recall that? And I think it's just this nature of teachers to just. Always being striving to get better and always knowing that they can do better tomorrow than they they did today that, you know, I think sometimes, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I just want to kind of say it right now, Ray, is like if you're listening, you're an educator, you're a teacher, like it's okay to stop. It's okay to celebrate even the small wins. In fact, you should really do that more often, but you're doing amazing work your job is crucial it's not just important it is crucial to the future of our world what you do is is crucial and important and you do amazing things so like it's okay to stop and celebrate some stuff high five one of your colleagues for being amazing you know high five yourself for being amazing uh and, and just don't be afraid to to look at those things and think about the success that you had sometimes you know we talk about reflection a lot and reflecting on all the all the you know the failures and struggles to find the lessons learned in that we talk about that obviously a lot on here, but uh, the reason I love having that that second question there you know or the third question after the the, the failures about success because it's just as important to reflect on those successes. I think we're we we worry sometimes about reflecting too much on successes and maybe we feel like we're going to get a big head or we're going to forget to you know think about the the things we need to fix and stuff. But it's okay to do that just reflect on it the right way and be like hey like things are going pretty well i'm doing some good things i need to keep doing these things i need to celebrate the fact that this happened or that i'm an amazing teacher so i'm really glad you brought that up because i that's just something that i've noticed and it's it it kind of bothers me honestly uh, because i see the amazing things and the the stress and the the hard work the teachers put in and then i don't see enough of the celebration of of themselves and of others of the successful moments and stuff. So I just, I I want us to do that more. I want people to teachers to not be afraid to do that and to, to focus on that stuff. So I'm glad you brought that up. I hope I didn't just ramble on for too long about it though.
1: No, it's really interesting. (laughs) I mean, you have teachers are just so naturally trained to be reflective. They're constantly trying to find a way to improve, which I think gives them this mentality of, of not always being successful because there's always something you could have done better, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I also think that on the flip side, there's some extreme educators out there that you come across that are celebrating so many things they're doing that they, they get this kind of negative connotation of being a bit, um, what's the word? Like braggy is what I want to say, but that's not really what I want to say. Um, and so I feel like educators have these two extremes, right? You either have a teacher that that celebrates too much and, you know, kind of boasts about themselves and you have the educators on the other side who are so reflective that they can't feel success. And it's important, like if you're listening right now, I want you to know that you taking a time, a moment, multiple moments to celebrate how amazing you are is not, it's not negative. It's it's not bad. You know, it's good to, to take time and celebrate everything you've been able to achieve i mean jeff you said it perfectly that this job is not just good it's it's essential right Mm -hmm. so i just want to you know if you're sitting back saying oh i don't know the last time i did something great like just so you know it was probably five minutes ago and you're not (laughs) credit for it so yeah i'm i like that pick me up jeff i like that kind of shift of hey if you're listening right now Give yourself a pat on the back because if Jeff and I were there, we'd give you a big old hug with <laughs> one, I how great you are.
0: And it, and it's and it's on the flip side too. I think some of that comes from the negativity and criticism that comes from the outside world because um, that's just unfortunately where we're at. And I think we let that. And sometimes when we reflect on the challenges and the, the failures, we criticize ourselves or let others criticize our, our, us. And then that brings you down too. And I heard something recently that was really, really powerful. And that is, I'm gonna see if I can say it right, but don't don't let compliments go to your head or criticisms go to your heart. Mm. So that extreme you're talking about is a compliments going too much to your head, and you start thinking I'm just I'm am amazing. I have all these successes, and then you stop trying to improve, and you get a little yeah. big, and that's where you get hurt. But also, you can't let the criticism go to your heart and say, "Oh, I'm a horrible teacher. I don't have anything to offer." Da da, because the world saying that I don't do my job well enough. Because look at this generation, or whatever it might be, or my you know my boss came down on me, or my friends family caller whatever said something about me like you can't let that bring you down either you got to stay that even but it's o- so it's okay to f- focus on the, the the struggles and the failures and reflect but it's also okay to, to celebrate and stuff so awesome point if you're listening you are amazing we love you and you're you're awesome so celebrate Let's
1: that hugging thing are you, are you a hugger?
0: <laughs> me yeah like oh i'm totally a hugger I, i'm a well, i'm a high fiver um, and then uh, you know, as long as the relationship's at a point where hugging is 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 okay, I'm definitely a hugger. Like if you want to hug me, I'm gonna do it.
1: If it, if it's kosher, then you're good. Like if you guys yeah,
0: are- I mean, if someone wants to hug me, I'm
1: hugging. All right, that's good to know because when all these people listening come to the Teach Better Conference, <laughs> like not a kissing booth, it's gonna be a Jeff hugging booth. You just get a hug from Jeff that you've been waiting to get all year long, and yes, on the days marking down the calendar just to see Jeff Gargus in real life. Oh, It's going to be so cool.
0: We're going to, we're, we're making this happen. It's going to be Jeff's Hugging Hut.
1: Ooh, a hugging hut.
0: Yeah, and it's just going to be
1: That'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really cool. And actually like we're going to throw like a curveball. It's actually just going to be me and then a picture of job of the hut. <laughs> I'm the hug and he's the hut and it's just like, no. I'm
1: so glad I'm not involved in this. Please go fuck that.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, uh <laughs> moving on from that. I just kind of ruined I thought we were on a good thing there. I think I just brought it down. Uh, But yeah, if you do come to the Teach Better conference in November, uh, I will definitely hug you if you would like me to uh, use code Teach Better. or I'm sorry, what is it, podcast talk, sorry, to save 50 bucks as well.
1: Hey everyone, while we take a quick break, I just want to share with you how much I appreciate hearing from all of you about how much you're enjoying our Teach Better Talk podcast. If you're listening right now on a cell phone, make sure you take a screenshot and share it with us on social media with hashtag teach better. Don't forget to tag Jeff and I because we absolutely want to be a part of your journey listening to teach better talk.
0: So let's talk about Jeremy. So Jeremy Rankle, um, he's a high school teacher, high school English. I think he's also taught uh, history, he said as well. He's also a, he's a father. He's also a yoga teacher. Uh, we talk a little bit about some of his workout and things that he did, um, He's got a master's in educational policy and a master's in teaching as well. He really, uh, he's really, he got a really interesting ride through his educational journey, which I, I really love that he shared it all with us and dove into that. Um, and sort of his new outlook on on teaching is really cool. Uh, sort of what he learned. I'm trying not to give away his story because I, I want him to tell it, but I think you're really going to love – how he's sort of come back to his new realization of, of teaching and what he's focused on. And he's doing some really cool stuff. I love his uh, <clears throat> Teach Like Woodstock stuff. We didn't dive into it in this episode because we had so much other great stuff that he was sharing, but uh, you know, he talks about just a little bit about that. But uh, super pumped to have it. I got to meet Jeremy um, just a week or so ago in Richmond, Indiana, and met him in person. He's just as nice in person as he sounds on the podcast. Super nice guy. Um Chad and I got to meet him. So this was a really great episode. I think he's, he brought a lot of value and some really cool stuff. So, Ray, anything you want listeners to take away from this?
1: No, I just hope you enjoy. There's a lot of good reflection opportunities in here, and I hope that you kind of connect with Jeremy after this and keep the energy going.
0: Here's episode 85 with Jeremy Rinkle. All right, we are here, and we are talking with Jeremy Rinkle. Jeremy, it is so cool to have you on the podcast. You and I actually just got to meet in real life, uh, last week in Richmond, um, at We Are Richmond in Richmond, Indiana, we've been connected on, you know, through social media and stuff like that for a while, but, it, uh, you've done some blogging for us, which has been really well received. Uh, so it was really cool, Chad. And I got to meet you, uh, sit down and chat for a little bit last week. And then, uh,
2: we said, Hey, we gotta get you on this podcast. So here we are, man. How you feeling today? Hey, it's great. I got my four miles ran this morning and, nice. uh, yeah, it was great to connect with you and Chad at, uh, Richmond, uh, Great conference over there, uh, and it was just a. It's been a, been a great day so far today in Illinois. No rain, at least. Nice. Hey. Now, where where are you at? I am in Effingham, Illinois. Um, if you come across Interstate seventy from uh, Indiana, Ohio area, you'll run right into us.
1: So, if you ran four miles, can I have one of those miles, and I can count it as like. <laughs> <five
2: miles. laughs> Ray, how many
0: miles did you run today?
1: Um, well, I I took my dogs in the car to get coffee this morning. Does that <laughs> count?
0: No, it doesn't. <laughs> I did three point one last night, um, and then I Voxed and sent Ray a message asking her if she had ran a five k, and she hadn't. Uh, well, I so, just
1: I don't think it's fair. Uh, <laughs> if you ran, Jeff, if you ran all this time, and Jeremy you ran all this time, like why can't you share with me? All Can right, I, I, all right.
0: Life? Last night I ran. 2.1 and Ray ran one. It was, it was really, well. Cool. I was very proud. Jeremy, we, 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 uh, we, razz Ray quite a bit, uh, uh, led primarily by Adam welcome, uh, getting on her about the fact that she doesn't like work out or, or anything. And somehow, you know, uh-huh. s- is still probably in better shape than all of us, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. Dude, that You got four in today. That's really cool. Um, that's a great way to start the morning. I've been hooked on these, like these late night runs for, for last, like, you know, week here. I don't know why, but, uh, I've been really enjoying going out about 10 p.m and just they've been warm we've had some warm nights just clear skies it's been pretty peaceful so but anyway mm-hmm. that's not what we're here to talk about ray is it
1: are you sure it seems like we well, should keep we talking about how great we- i am and how i got <laughs> <two miles in. laughs>
0: we could do that
1: no jeremy i want to make sure that um as we get started we do have some questions for you i guess but would you mind sharing with our listeners kind of a little backstory around everything you do in education outside of your amazing run and good coffee drinking skills?
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have uh, been in education for about 12 to 14 years, somewhere in there. If you count my su- substitute teaching um, and basically I'm a high school English teacher. I'm also certified to teach high school history uh, for a while. I taught both. And now I'm just uh, right now with the current position I'm teaching English and I feel the real need to incorporate and get kids ready for what they're gonna actually see when they get to the work workforce uh, by using technology in the classroom so that may involve you know anywhere from just basic um, essay writing and and uh, basic blogging to using 3d printers to to whatever so um, that, that's kind of what my role is right now within education as well as you know going to teacher conferences and sharing with with other teachers what's go, what's going on particularly in my classroom and how I can encourage them to be better teachers but also for me to learn and to meet Jeff at Richmond. you know <laughs> I mean what, what, how, how could I go wrong with that
0: Yeah, that was awesome and I love two things Jeremy I love that you you, you talked about how your focus is on Preparing those students, getting them ready for what they're going to be facing in the workforce and how there's got to be some sort of integration of technology and, and the things, the, not just what they're going to need to know, but also the tools they're going to need for that. And then I love I love the focus. We talked about this while, while we were at Richmond as well, that you have this uh, focus now on sharing things out too because you're seeing the power of, the, of going to these conferences and blogging and speaking and saying, hey, here's what I'm doing. This is how it's working for me. And maybe you can take this into your classroom. Maybe you could, it works for your kids. So I love that. We talk about it all the time, how every problem that we face as educators or, or in education, there's a solution somewhere in someone's classroom. So more teachers doing what you're doing and, and being willing to step up and share it out, that's that's the solution uh, generated there. So loving it. Uh, so – Let's talk about let's talk about failure for a second. I know you you know you listen to the podcast. I know you know what what I'm about to ask, but I want you to share a story with us about a time that you've had a failure in your career in your life. Uh, tell us you know what happened, how did it make you feel, and then let us know like how did you overcome that, and then what did you take away from that experience.
2: How long do we have? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Six <failure>. hours. <laughs> yeah, failure. Um, if you're not failing in your classroom, you're not taking enough risks. Uh, that's that's kind of my solution. In, in my in my particular instance, uh, I basically split my teaching career into the first five years. Then I took five years out of the classroom. And then I now back in that I'll be starting my fourth year back in the classroom. But back whenever I taught the first five years, I learned a lot about failure and a lot about myself. For example, I started a TV and video production class at, at my high school. It was a real rural, rural high school, maybe 200 kids in the high school. And it was my second year teaching, And so I was still in the impression mode, you know, follow administration, make sure everything is professional and to the T. But I realized looking back, I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, I had that thumbs-on micromanaging approach of that class and all my teaching for that matter and whenever that happens it stifles the student creativity that i wanted them to have from the beginning of the tv and video production class so a lot of times they would share ideas with me and i'm like well let's not go there because it's really not funny to adults or you know so I i really felt like i stifled that creativity so that would be you know failure number one back in Back in those times, because I wasn't as student focused and stu- my classes weren't student led the first three to five years of teaching for me. So I learned basically from that failure that, you know, I, I need to really be focusing on relationships. And I really didn't realize that until I was actually out of the classroom. So, to make a long story short, um, I, I was burned out after five years and um, ended up having a thyroid issue that sent me into major depression and I had to resign my job. And so there was failure. I felt like a failure because I was letting my family down. I was letting the new school district that hired me down. I was letting the people that uh, basically put their neck out on a limb to help me get the position. So, So fast forward and I'm now in my fourth year of restarting teaching but the last two years of the five years that I had off, that's easy to follow, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, The last two years before I started back full time in the classroom, I substitute taught almost every single day. And I focused on building relationship with kids. And I told myself, you know, if if I'm going to go back into teaching, things have to be different from the first five years. So since returning, uh, focusing on the relationships and being goofy and not taking things as professionalism or as serious. Well, You want to be professional, but you want to, you want to have fun too. And there's, there's a fine balance. And that's really what I learned from the failure is that I need to really be focusing on the kids because that's why I'm here anyway, not me to be an authoritarian over their learning. So, so there, there's a, a failure and kind of a recovery, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I love that, Jeremy. I really appreciate you sharing. I mean, that personal story there. And I heard two, uh, three, like sort of themes within there. Is one is reflection because the, the whole way there you were talking, I was reflecting back, I'm thinking back, and Justin, and then your persistence of coming, going through that struggle and dealing with it, but knowing if I ever come back, I'm going to make changes and then getting back into it and doing the substitute and then coming back in now. And then the the final thing that I kinda of heard in of there was growth that you, you took that opportunity of those things that came along, the challenges and the decisions and everything you made to grow each time and then come back now stronger than ever before with you know reflecting back and readjusting to how you approach things and that's awesome. I really appreciate it. A lot of value in that story, man. I really appreciate that a lot. So let's let's flip it now let's talk about a, a success you've had and this can be something big or small but tell us what happened why was it a success for you and then what'd you take away from that
2: i was really happy that this question came along because I, I had to even stop and ask my wife i'm like what successes have i really had in the classroom and i'm going to go back to that first five years i did have some successes just despite you know how i had that thumbs on approach before uh we read um in my english class at that time we read um Homer Hickam's October Sky. And I've always been a space nut. You know, I went to Kennedy Space Center when I was like six, and then the Challenger exploded whenever I was six, the year after I had visited uh, Kennedy Space Center at that time. And um, so I've always been tied to the space program, and I've thought, man, how can I make, how can I teach this novel, and how can I get some hands-on experiences with this? So we researched coal mining, we researched Sputnik, and the space program and all that kind of stuff, um, around the 1959 to, or 1957 to, you know, the early 1960s. And then at the end of the novel, I decided I'd go to a hobby store and purchase nine rocket kits for uh, my class of 18 kids and have them build their own rocket, uh, paint it up. And then, um, it worked out to where we were able to actually go out back behind the school and and have a rocket launch and the kids will still, you know, whether it's on Facebook or whether it's, uh, out, out in public, whenever I run into them, they'll be like, Hey, I remember, you know, that, that rocket launch we had, that was the most cool thing we ever did in school. So, you know, that the students r- really come back with that. Another instance, I, I know you said one success, but I have to throw this one in there no, too, because, yeah. uh, because, um, I, I've been teaching uh, Mitch a lot of Mitch Albom's books. Um, Tuesdays with Maury, The Five People You Meet in Heaven, Next Person You Meet in Heaven uh, are all stories that we read. Because so I tried to bring in some modern modern stories as well, but. I've always taught Tuesdays with Maury. Every year that I've taught, I've I've taught this class and kids come back to me and talk about how how some of the, the life lessons that Maury teaches are life lessons that they've taken on to carry out throughout their early lives. And I've got you know students in their late twenties now. So but one particular three years ago, whenever I came back to teaching, the first year I was back after the five years that I was off, I had a a parent come to me and with tears in her eyes told me about her son, and how he was able to finally open up and talk about his grandparents' death, uh, which they had died tragically. And through this book and talking about death and talking about life, he was actually finally able to open up and talk and cry and deal with that particular instance in his life. And I mean, I'm I'm sitting here and I've got the hair raising on my arms and the goosebumps are, are going on my arms because I felt like that was like almost like okay this is a reminder of why i'm in the classroom and why i've got to continue to teach despite kids not wanting to read and are unmotivated sometimes i've got to keep doing this
0: i i've got goosebumps right now too man
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know
2: and it doesn't have to be oh go ahead I I was just going to say, it doesn't have to be big. I mean, it can be just little bitty, you know, fist bumps in the hallway or or whatever, just to show that you love and care for kids.
1: Yeah, those little reminders are essential, not only in the classroom, but just in the hallways and when students walk in the door. And, you know, I really love your focus on school being more than content-driven. I mean, geez, Jeff, I feel like we talk about that all the time. Mm -hmm. but you know, if you're going into teaching to just relay information to, to students and have them soak that in and then kind of dish it back to you, our, our job is is really mute. I mean, there's there's Google and YouTube. And, you know, I, um, I think that those mediums help students gain information at like a depth of knowledge one, a depth of knowledge two. But when you get deeper into the content, you really start teaching the whole child, right? How does this apply to your life and why is this valuable? So your focus on, on integrating that within the classroom and, and put an emphasis on technology, which is enormous in our day and age, is really inspiring. What is fueling your fire? What, what kind of keeps you motivated to, to do this work?
2: I truly believe that right now, there's no better time to be in education because we've got access to more tools. We've got access to more information than ever before. And we've got opportunities to con- connect with one another, opportunities to to learn and collaborate from others. So I think this is a great time to be in education that lights my fire as well as just, you know, e- every day you know, just going into the into the classroom, the school. And, you know, I have to admit I'm not perky every single day, but I, I try to be as much as possible. Um, and just to see the the students smile and laugh that that's really what I what I go for especially you know right when they get to school I want to see that smile and I want to see that laugh so sometimes it takes you know dressing up and throwing a wig on sometimes it, you know I, coming back from from Christmas break kids are always you know I wish I was still on Christmas break sleeping so I grabbed the flat grabbed my hippie flag and we ran I ran laps in the gym you know and slowly but surely we'd get the smiles and the laughter that i'm wanting so so that's what gets me excited i, I feed from their energy too and um I, I know that they that they look to me and to other teachers to give them the energy and to to, to sometimes change their mood because teaching yeah. just isn't standing in the classroom and like you said just sharing content there's much more to education and the whole child
1: absolutely you have to show up For your students just like we ask them to show up and give their best um we have to show up as well it's really important what type of advice would you give a new teacher maybe this is a teacher that's new to the profession or new to your district or or even just a new listener to teach better talk that's that's listening to your stories about relationships and this this approach in education where we are more than just content delivery systems but want to make you know learning relevant What advice do those educators need to really reach more students?
2: Always, always, always do what's right for kids would be would be my advice. Um, It's the reason that you wanted to become a teacher. You wanted to be you you may love your content, but hopefully you love kids more. And that that's what I would tell them is to to always do what's right with kids. And the first years are going to be tough it i mean coming back after that 5 year break i was like I, and i'd taught 5 years i let alone you know a t, a 22 year old right out of college that is teaching will struggle more than likely and if they're struggling i i would encourage them to ask for help that that other teachers are around uh, that, that we're all in this together one of the great things my first 3 years of teaching i had a mentor And it was a he actually was one of my high school teachers. I was fortunate enough to go back and teach in the district that I graduated from. So um, he was one of my one of my mentors. uh, The first the first year we could go to that mentor for anything. Um, We could use them as a sounding block. We could gripe to them. We could um, learn from them, whatever. They were there to help and to make that transition from from college to teacher a lot easier but above all my my most sound advice is to do what's right for kids.
0: I love that you might love you might love your content but you need to love your kids more love the students more I think that's that's some powerful powerful advice Jeremy really really cool there so the, did you notice I love that he touched on the mentor piece and I know you're big on that you do a lot of mentoring yourself there's actually a, a new course you're working on that's all about that so, um, do you have any words of wisdom, any mentoring guidance or anything that you can provide to Jeremy for this next part?
1: Gosh, you know, I, <laughs> I love mentoring and I love being able to give feedback to educators and build relationships and all that great stuff. But this next part of our podcast is tricky. So I would suggest, okay, deep breaths and you probably need to go get a fresh cup of coffee before we start this part of the podcast. Here,
0: here's my thing. He's going to just, he's going to destroy it. He's going to be awesome. So, Jeremy, we're going to do the next six questions. Your goal is 15 seconds or less for for each answer. You ready to roll? Yep, let's do it. All right, man. What is one ed tech tool you cannot live without?
2: Just one? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Rocket, Rocket Book. GetRocketBook.com is the website. Go check it out. I'm going to throw in an additional, this is a bonus Adobe (laughs) Spark. Adobe Spark is amazing. Uh, Give us a book that you're reading right now. Reading two right now. I just started run with run with run like a pirate. Adam, welcome, and I'm also reading Mentors by Russell Brand. Great. Awesome. Uh, who do we need to follow on Twitter today? Steve Isaacs, great gaming designer. Uh, Principal L is awesome, and then Am- Amber Hefner um, would be the last one. Awesome. And give us a YouTube channel or website for educators. Again, I I can't just name one, Ditch ditch That Textbook and TED-Ed. All right. Give us a daily,
0: weekly, or monthly routine you think every teacher should get into.
2: Routines, I think they look different for each individual person. But for me, I've got to have daily exercise and me time every day. And for me, it's getting up to go to the gym at 5 or running at 5, which is what I did this morning.
1: Totally. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, best piece of advice you've ever received this one that was a little tough for me but take calculated risks and to never be afraid to fail fail because failure equals growth i love that i love the take calculated
0: risk you know i've been starting businesses for most pretty much half my life or whatever i tell a lot of fun stories about just sort of going for it running through walls jumping off you know chad and i share stories all the time about the early days of of teach better team and, and they're a lot more fun to tell when I tell like about the craziness, but the, what people don't always hear is that they're calculated risk. Yeah, they're risk and they're, they can be big or they can be scary, but they're calculated. You've thought through them and stuff. And that's the difference between just mm-hmm. kind of jumping off and, and not having anything to fly down or guide yourself down there with versus actually building the plane as you went, because at least you had an idea and stuff. So I love these that you use that take calculated risk. I think that's really important for people to hear that calculated work. Right. So uh, I thought you just nailed that, Ray. Uh, I think we're going to have to get that trophy, and he may be stealing it.
1: Wow. I, I don't remember the last time we gave someone a trophy after those those uh, questions. We're going to have to look back in our episodes to see I- the last person was that we awarded it to.
0: I, I I know we gave it to Joe, and then there was someone sometime after Joe that you wanted to give it to to take it away from Joe because Joe and I would pick it on you a little bit. It's I can't true.
1: remember. I sample Filippo can't win everything, okay? Like yes, he's very cool, but you know he's going to start seeing how cool <laughs> he is, and that's not going to work. So, so we take that trophy away.
0: There's someone like I think it's like three or four episodes after Joe's episode. We, we you wanted to give it to someone else. We'll have to go back and find it, and then. Um Jer- Jeremy Jeremy and I are gonna sneak in and steal the trophy.
1: If you're listening right now, I need you to message us if you remember the last person we gave that trophy to.
0: Yeah. And we'll
1: make sure to get it from that person and hand it over to Mr. Jeremy.
2: Well, I'm glad that I won a trophy for, for this. This is awesome. You can't go wrong <laughs> with giving giving prizes to kids either, so well,
1: Jeremy, I want to make sure our listeners can stay in contact with you, keep learning from you, keep talking about relevancy in the classroom and technology integration. It's fabulous. So would you mind sharing how they can connect with you?
2: Yes. Uh, Twitter is Wrinkle Jeremy. It's R-I-N-K-E-L Jeremy. Uh, my website is and blog is jeremywrinkle.com and also teachlikewoodstock.com, which is kind of where I'm focusing on. Uh, my work in progress of writing on tech and creating an awesome classroom environment. So, teachlikewoodstock.com is uh, where that content will be.
0: All right, and you know you can find all the links and everything we talked about in this episode over at teachbetter.com. So, uh, including the links to connect with Jeremy, check out the progress uh, on that work They he's talking about, and get to know what it means to teach like Woodstock. Uh, so, make sure you head over to teachbetter.com for all of that in the show notes and be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes, and if you can give us a rating and review, we'd really, really appreciate that as well, and let's take it one step further to think of just three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories and share this podcast with them. Jeremy, it's been awesome to have you on. It was great meeting you in real life and then getting to bring you on the podcast. Super excited about that. Love having you guest blogging over at teachbetter.com. Um, I know there's another one in the on this, in the this, this, this schedule here to come out soon. Again, from you, it's great stuff. Uh, I love that you're you're sharing your journey and getting out there. And I love that you came on here to share more of it with us and with the, those listening. So, man, we would just
2: really appreciate you and, and thank you. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to, to get out and continue to share because we're all better together. So thank you very much. All right. Until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better.